0: Alright, okay, okay, <clears throat> what is up everybody, it's LJ Talks Facts right here, gonna spit some facts like always of course Feeling much better today, it actually is a really nice day outside today, but there's a lot of snow outside And I'm just not going outside at all, obviously, that's just how I am Um, you know, we got a lot of snow here yesterday, got like 10 inches of snow, so almost a foot, 2 inches off Right there, 2 more inches, we would have had a foot of snow It's not like that bad, to be honest, it's not really that bad, it's not terrible but we know it's going to be a little bit icy, whatever, when I go to my friend's house tomorrow. I get to finally wear boots for the first time in a year. So, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> this is my AEW Dynamite review. And once again, like I'm saying, I feel a lot better than I did yesterday. I was very, like, out of it. I'm still coughing a little bit, but just my sinus has been bald. I mean, my head feels a lot better. I'm doing good, though. All right. So, this is my AEW Dynamite review. I will say the show... Even though it looked like a mid-card show, to be honest, with the matches they put on. It was a really good show. And this is not me being an AEW mark. Not like that at all. It was just a really good show. We got to see some new, you know, new talent really get pushed in a way. You know, really getting showcased. It was good. Everybody's saying that they don't push new talent, whatever, put on new talent. You know, it is what it is. People are going to complain about anything. You can't satisfy wrestling fans. You just can't. You can't satisfy wrestling fans. That's the one problem right there. You just can't satisfy them. It sucks, but you just can't. I wish that you could. (laughs) just really can't, though. All right, so the show started off with a six-man tag with Hangman Adam Page and John Silva and Alex Reynolds of the Dark Order versus Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy of Prime Hardy. And like I'm going to keep on saying, every week, every week, the first match of Dynamite is always a banger. It's always a great match. See, like, and I saw David Legreco on Twitter yesterday saying that Raw, you know, should take notes from NXT and Dynamite. Instead of, you know, having 20 minutes of talk, of a talking segment, how about you start off with a match to start off the show? Because it does get boring. Like, Raw and SmackDown, they do the same thing every week. Like, our 20-minute promo to start the show, I'm like... You know, I'd like to see some wrestling to start the show, to be honest. Then you can do a promo later on. You know, can you do that, please? You know, take some notes. You know, and Raw hit, just hit all-time low in the ratings. They actually did that back in July, on July 13th. Now they did it again. We'll definitely talk about that more another time. But right here with the six-man tag, you know, I thought it was a good match. I thought it was a good match right here. You know, Chance Silver has become one of my favorites. He's very underrated. You know, for a guy his size, I think like was like 5'4", five, 5'5", five, five. he's pretty entertaining, he's pretty athletic, and he's pretty strong. He's the meat man, Johnny Hunky right there. You know, I used, to talk, I used to think like he was like a goof, you know, because of BT, you know, the shit they do with the Dark Order and everything. But, no, I mean, he's a pretty good athlete, to be honest, you know. Aside from the goofiness, he's a good athlete. He really is. He's very underrated, in my opinion. I like Alex Reynolds, too. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's more serious You know, when he's in the ring, he's not, like, you know, a comedy wrestler kind of like uh, John Silver. You know, he's more serious in the ring, and it's pretty cool. And it was nice to see Hangman, you know, team up with them. Uh, I feel like Matt Hardy in this match, you know, I thought he did okay in this match, to be honest, Matt Hardy, you know. His AEW run's kind of been, eh, when you kind of think of it, it was really cool to see him as Broken Matt Hardy when he debuted, in AEW on March 18th, you know, and, you know, that was the first episode without fans at Daily's Place, and that was a really good episode, and I'm pretty, you know, I mean, obviously if there was fans in the arena, if there was no pandemic at all, crowd would be going crazy, would have gotten the blood and guts, the blood and guts thing, but we never got that, but, and hopefully in the future we will, but I just don't know when, um, we probably won't now with Kenny turning heels, so Who Who knows if they'll even do it again. They might just scrap it away. But his run's kind of been eh, to be honest, I me and him and I thought like it was gonna lead to a match between him and Jericho one on one, but they never did that. I was like, alright. You know, and the whole feud with Sammy, with Sammy Guevara, eh. <laughs> Yeah, there were a lot of uh that that feud was really snake bitten, to be honest. But it ended in a good way at full gear, you know, because full gear was a very good pay-per-view. And and you know. A few were saved right there. By the great cinematic match that they had. You know. But. His run's been whatever to be honest. It's just been. You know. It's great to see him mentoring. Private party. But. What else is there for him? You know. We, we know we'll see some more cinematic matches with him. That's what he's all about now. We'll see what 2021 holds for him. Because 2020. It wasn't a great year for him. In a way it wasn't. But. At full gear, like I said, I think it really saved his year right there. Because, you know, he didn't get hurt in that match. You know, he wasn't unconscious like he was at all out. I mean, Jesus. But, you know, we'll see what it leads to next year for Matt Hardy. Hopefully 2021's a better year for him. You know, I really hope it is. I hope we see some more cinematic matches in 2021, which I believe we will. But the six man tag, you know, it was good. Like I said, every every time AEW starts off their show, the first match is always good. You can't complain about it. You just can't. You know, and the chemistry between Hangman and Dark Order was nice. You know, teasing something gonna happen in the future. Like I believe it's gonna lead to Mister Brody Lee when he returns. He'll face Hangman and Page, as we know Brody Lee. I think they say he's out to like February or March, so they're probably gonna have to stall for a little while with this, and that's fine. So we'll see. It'll be a great match, though. Mr. Brody Lee comes back to face Hangman. That's going to be a great match. It's going to be. Um, I really love the twist of fate that Matt Hardy did to John Silva right there on the apron right there. That was that was really cool. Um, you know, that when Private Party did their finisher on Alex Reynolds, and then Matt Hardy tagged himself in, he got the pin one, two, three. You know, at first I was thinking to myself, okay, well, the wrong guys won. I feel like, you know, Hangman and Silver and Reynolds should have won, but it was whatever. You know, two right there, is there tension now between Matt Hardy and Private Party? Because why would he just tag himself in for? Like, why does he have to get the win? Well, why does he going to get the pinfall for Private Party right there? He didn't do the finishing move right there, so it seems kind of weird. So maybe there is tension, like how Matt Hardy eliminated Isaiah Cassidy... Back in the Diamond Ring Battle Royal two weeks ago, and like how him and Mark Quinn, you know, couldn't get set up correctly for the silly string, and they both got eliminated. So maybe there is tension. Maybe there's not. You know, we'll see what it leads to. I mean, this match was good, but I feel like Hangman and Reynolds and Silver should have won the match. Just my opinion on that. That's just how I feel. But it is what it is. Okay, go to the next part now of the show. We went backstage and we saw the Inner Circle get interviewed by Alex Marvez. You know, and um, MJF was holding from the New York Times the award for the dinner dober thing, whatever the fuck he called it. And there was a little bit of tension between him and Jericho because it's like Jericho saying he created the thing. And, you know, MJF, you know, he, like, cut off Jericho before, you know, Jericho was trying to finish his, you know, point right there. And I'm like, hmm, you know, are they are they still teasing something, like, with the inner circle? Like, what are they going to do right here? And my best wishes out to Wardlow because he wasn't at the show because he was dealing with some, uh, some family issues. So I hope that he's doing good and hope his family as well. So that's why I wasn't a 14-man tag to match later on, you know. it became 12-man tag. So my best wishes out to Warlow and his family. Hope everything's hope everything's going good. But here was some really good news right here. So we come back from commercial. See, we saw Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes in their house, you know, setting up the tree. And the doorbell rings. I'm like, okay, let's see what's going on here. Maybe Sting's going to appear. That's what I was thinking at first. <laughs> but no, this is really cool, you know. There was a gift outside. Cody Rhodes grabs it. And him and Brandy sit down on the couch. And Cody opens it. And it says. And it says right here. We're expecting a new baby due 2021. So Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes are expecting a baby next year. My best wishes out to them right there. Congratulations to Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes. It's beautiful. And we saw, we saw the dog Roa. Had baby security bandana on him, that was that was really cool that was nice that was really nice. so my best wishes out there to Cody and Brandy congratulations. We're seeing a lot of you know wrestling couples right here uh having kids you know with Mox and Renee and Seth and Becky and now Cody and brandy we're gonna see some future matches in the future right here, which I'm loving It's gonna be great, and now Dustin's gonna be an uncle, you know, and we know. We know Dream is looking down right there from heaven right now, down Cody. We know that we know that Dream will be looking down on his grandchild every single day. So that was beautiful. That was a nice segment right there. That was beautiful. And again, congratulations to Cody and Brandon. My best wishes to you guys. That was awesome. That was really, really cool. That was nice. That was really nice. So it looks like we're going to be seeing another another generation of the Rhodes right here become a wrestler, whether, you know, it's a daughter or a son. We know we're going to see the next generation come up in the future in the next, you know, 20, 25 years, be the next star in wrestling and it's going to be a Rhodes. So that was nice. Alright. So then we get to the next match right here between Cody Rhodes, the father-to-be, and Helico, one half of TH2. And there was a nice intro there from Justin Roberts you know, saying to Cody... <laughs> he is the father to be The American Nightmare Cody Rhodes So that was a nice intro right there And just seeing him and Brandy on the stage You know they are they are a beautiful couple They really are They are beautiful couples So that is really nice to see Like I said we're seeing a lot of wrestling couple, couples right here Having kids and it's beautiful It really is beautiful We're going to see some future matches right here We're going to see a lot of crossovers And I'm all for it It's going to be great It's going to be great uh, but this match between Cody and Helico, it was a pretty good match in my opinion. One of my friend, <laughs> one of my friends was watching Dynamite like I was. <laughs> he sends me a video on Snapchat. He sends me like a streak. <laughs> he's like, bro, I can't. And he's like, look at this peewee wee referee who's making fun of referee Bryce Friend's And He was just laughing his ass off, and it was really funny to see that. Um, but yeah, the match between Cody and Helico, you know, on Helico. He's another underrated wrestler, you know, not just in AEW, throughout the world. I liked what I saw from him last night. You know, he's a great submission specialist. He's a good technical wrestler, you know. I think, I think he's got a connection with the Hart family, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that he does. I'm, o- I'm almost sure he's got a connection with them. So, and he put on a good match with Cody. He put on a good match with Cody. How could you not put on a good match with Cody? He's one of the best wrestlers in AEW. How could you not have a good match with him at all? But, you know, I like Angelico. I was really impressed by him, you know. Last night, really opened up my eyes. I think he's kind of goofy with his entrance, him and Jack Evans, like when they dance out to the ring. When they're doing like the slow dance, whatever the hell they're doing. Um, but, yeah, it was a good match right here. I, I enjoyed it, you know. And I-, I actually really like Angelico's submission move right there. Like, it was like the death roll, whatever you call it. Like the way like he twists your leg right there, I'm like, damn. Like the way that he does it is just amazing. And he's a very talented wrestler in Helico. I could see him as a future maybe TNT champion, in my opinion. Even though a lot of people may would probably say Jack Evans. I like Jack Evans, but I see N Helico, you know, when I see Helico, I see money. If I had to choose between him and Evans, I'd go with N Helico. Yeah, but Jack Evans is more like, you know, flying around the ring type, you know. And Helico's is more like, you know, submission specialist, technical wrestler. I see more in Helico. Not knocking Jack Evans at all. Jack Evans is a fine athlete as well. But if I had to choose, I'd go with that Helico 100%. And that's what I would do. It's not a knock on Evans at all. I'm just saying. I think, I think anybody else would go with Helico as well. With his style of wrestling, I mean, come on. That's, a great, that's old school style right there. Technical wrestler. You could see a lot of the greats in him right there. Um, but yeah, it was a good match. You know, Cody Rhodes got the win when he hit the Cody cutter, which was pretty cool. I didn't think it was actually going to be the finish right there. I thought Angelico was going to kick out. You know, Cody was going for the crossroads at first, then Helico countered. And then Cody wound up hitting the Cody cutter, which is pretty cool right there. I like the way that he does it. Helico sold it perfectly. There's money in Angelico. There really is. So Cody Rhodes got the win right there, the father to be. Big win for him right there, a nice win. And after the match, we saw Team Taz come out. Taz, the machine, the FTW world champion, Brian Cage, Absolute Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Taz's son, Hook. We haven't heard him speak yet, and we haven't really seen Powerhouse Hobbs speak that much either, but it is what it is. You know, Cage doesn't really talk more, you know, Taz and Starks do most of the talking, obviously. They came out, and, you know. Taz, you know, was like saying, "Oh, Cody's gonna be a, da- he's gonna be a daddy and everything." So we yeah, have Taz did. It, I swear, like every time, like he just talks. Taz, like he just rolls off the tongue. He's one of the best at cutting promos. Like you know, when you get him like unfiltered and everything, he just goes out there and cuts his promo. You already know he's gonna cut a great promo every single time. One of the best talkers in the business. You know, it starts. You know. I don't know if a lot of people will agree on what I'm about to say, but I see a lot of The Rock and Ricky Starks. Now I know the size difference. There's a big size difference there. We know Starks is a lot smaller. We know that, but just the way that Starks is, like his attitude right there, kind of like how The Rock had his attitude back then when he was a heel. I just see that a lot in Starks, and he looks a little bit like The Rock, just a just a tiny bit. I'm not saying he looks like him. I'm not saying he looks like him a lot. You know, and some people can disagree with me, that's fine. But I think Starks has a lot of the rock in him. I think that he does. You know, I saw some people, like, you know, make comparisons right there, and I agree. I agree. I see a lot in him, especially when he talks. I see a lot in him right there. You know, when uh, <clears throat> Starks made fun of Darby Allen and called him Turtle Boy, and for those who don't know, you know, there was a kid, you know, back in the past, you know, he had, like, the face paint on. And he said, I like turtles. And everybody says that was Darby Allen. They make fun of him. Which is pretty funny. They so called him Turtle Boy. And even Taz referenced to it as well. And you know, Darby Allen was up in the rafters with the TNT title. And uh, Taz said that... Brian Cage is coming to whip that ass. So eventually, sooner than later, we're going to get... The TNT champion, my guy Darby Allen, Versus the machine, the FTW world champion... Brian Cage for the TNT title. And even when Taz said he was coming to beat that ass, Darby Allen was smiling. Like he's like, oh yeah, alright. He was smiling. We know Darby Allen, you know, he doesn't feel pain. So he doesn't really care. I mean, Jesus. I mean, this is Darby Allen we're talking about right here. This guy enjoys pain. You think he's gonna care against Cage? He's not gonna care. But then we saw Taz right there, same with the numbers advantage. We We're going to go in the ring now, Cody, and put you on paternity leave, brother. I'm like, oh shit. So then boom, lights go out. Here comes the icon sting. and he comes out, he's got the bat in hand. And I was pretty like impressed right here, like Powerhouse Hobbs wasn't back at that. Everybody else backed down. Powerhouse Hobbs was trying to get to hook and Starks and go right after him. He didn't care. And I saw a lot of people complain about this saying... Oh, but you know, Sting's a 61-year-old man. You got you know, guys that are way younger than him. How come they're not going after to attack him right there? Okay, one... I don't think Sting's even been clear to take any bumps at all. I mean, two, he's got a baseball bat. Anybody at any advanced age that has a weapon... Is still dangerous. But like I said... I don't think Sting's even been clear to take any bumps. That's what I'm saying right there, you know... Uh, okay. Y- you know what I mean? But Powerhouse Hobbs wasn't backing down. But like I said, he had a weapon in hand. He can go out there and swing at everybody and knock them down. Just saying. But like I said, I don't think he's been clear to take any bumps just yet. Maybe soon he will. Or maybe he's not really going to wrestle. See I mean? I don't want to keep doing this every week where it's like, okay, what is Sting going to do? But then if he caught it for a second right there, he was pointing his bat up to Darby Allen up in the rafters. So there is something that's gonna happen right there, and even like Sting said the week before, I'm not here for you. You know, there's something very, very familiar about this place, and you point him to Darby Allen the rafters. So he's there for Darby Allen. He's gonna mentor him right there, and you could say, but that's not his gimmick, that's not who he is, but I mean I don't know. We still don't know what Sting is going to do. We don't know just yet. He winked at Cody Rhodes. And it wasn't like a wink, like, okay, I'll see you around, kid, like he said last week. It seemed like, you know, respect kind of winked right there. Like, he's not there for Cody. But if, you know, I, you know, if Sting was to have a match in AEW, probably the safest person would be Cody. You could say that it is. Like, sure, that's fair. You know, w- would you do Sting versus Powerhouse Hobbs? Absolutely not. You know, Hobbs is just getting started right now. I'm just saying you don't want any mistakes to happen. I'm just saying. Not even not even Brian Cage. Hell to the no. If you put Hobbs or Cage in the ring with Sting, that would be a disaster. Maybe Ricky Starks could work out. Maybe that could work out. That would be fine. But I think Cody would be your best bet. If that was never happened for Sting to have a match. You know, or maybe he's gonna do tag team matches, kinda like how DDP did the tag team match with the uh, QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes against MJF and the Butcher and the Blade back at Bash of the Beach in January. Like, he, he didn't really take that many bumps. You know, and he put over MJF right there, so... I don't know. And DDP's older than Sting. But we'll see what happens, though. It was, it was really nice. Like, you know, eventually we're gonna see Darby and Sting cross paths like they're gonna speak to each other, you know, hopefully soon. Probably not next week, because, you know, we know next week's show is taped. If it wasn't taped already, you know, whatever. Maybe, like, at the New Year's smash, like, part one or part two, we'll see them, you know, have a little confrontation. We'll see. Okay. So, next part, we saw Miro backstage getting interviewed by Alex Marvez, and Miro was fined $75,000, but, of course, Miro says, I don't care. You know, and it was, it was for, um, they equal up to that amount because he put three, three of the security personnel in the hospital. I was like, okay, that's pretty creative to hear right there. And Miro announced, you know, that, you know, saying like Orange Cassidy doesn't care. We already know that. It's gimmick. Um, and he announced... He announced it next week, and they're gonna do an announcement for the biggest wedding of all time, right there for Penel- for Penelope and Kip. So I'm like, All right, I'm like, All right, cool, cool, cool. So eventually, we're gonna get the wedding now between Penelope and Kip, you know, and we already know something's gonna go down. <laughs> And then Alex Marquez, you know, said, what about the security guards? You know, it's Christmas. And, then, and Miro said, bah humbug, it's my birthday. And his birthday is on Christmas. So, I be next Friday, it'll be Miro's birthday. Okay. So, now, the next part, we saw Eddie Kingston in the ring, you know, cutting a promo on his enemies, you know. And, and like I said, like I've said plenty of times with Eddie Kingston, he is one of the best on the mics. And I didn't even know really who he was until he debuted on Dynamite on the 22nd of July when he faced Cody in the notice qualification match, which was it was brutal right there. I was like, Jesus. I really enjoyed that match. And I've enjoyed- I've enjoyed Eddie Kingston ever since he joined AEW, you know. I think like he was talking about like selling his apartment before he joined AEW. I mean look what he went from right there. From going from almost selling his apartment to getting to AEW. And then getting a main event world title match in just a span of a few months. Even though he didn't beat Mox at full gear last month, he still won Eddie Kingston. Because look what he won right there. He got a job right there in AEW. And I'm sure he's getting paid a lot of money right now, so that's got to feel good. We know that he's had a lot of struggles in his life, Eddie Kingston, but he's had a really good 2020. Whether you want to say it or not. Like, you know, you could say it's really, it would really be a huge win if he won the world title, but no, it's still a huge win no matter what. It still is. And he could still win the world title in the future. That could definitely still happen. Or maybe the TNT title. It could still happen. <laughs> he's going to be there for a long time. And what is it, like 38 years old? He's got a few years left. He, he's, not, he's not that old, he's got plenty of time. But he cut a pretty good promo, you know, when talking about his enemies. You know, like, he said, like, what he was afraid of. And he pointed up <laughs> to the big man upstairs right there saying, I'm still here, brother. I'm not dead yet. And he was talking about the Bastard Pack and how, like, you know, him and the Butcher and the Blade injured his neck. And they sent him home and his career's done. We'll never see him again. And then he was about to start cutting a promo on the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer. And right before he could continue his promo, Lance Archer's music hits runs straight to the ring and goes after Eddie Kingston. Here come the Butcher and the Blade. They They attack Archer and they're beating him down and then he's down the corner and then we saw the Lucha Bros come out. So it's kind of like three on two because Archer's down but then we saw the Bastard the Bastard Pack come right through and now well now with Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade now the numbers are against them because then Archer got up and then they all started attacking each other you know, and Archer and Pack were attacking Kingston outside the ring, well, Lucha Bros are going after Butcher and the Blade. And Ray Phoenix did a nice corkscrew <laughs> outside the ring, which is really cool. And then Archer's going for a choke slam on Kingston in the ring, but then Pack kicked Kingston in the head and knocked him out of the ring. And then Archer and Pack were, you know, yelling at each other. And just seeing Pack, like he was he looks crazy Pack. He looks like Charles Manson. I swear, like, he was like you saw, like, how he was talking. I was like, damn. Like, he was talking crazy, Pac. I absolutely love what they've done with him in AEW. They, I really have. You know, he's been in some main event matches, you know. He's great talker on the mic. Like, he's crazy, which is great. Love it. So I went from, like, Neville to, like, what, you know, whatever. With him as Neville to now being Pac is just great. Being the bastard. So we'll see what this leads to right here. So they even up the odds right there Death Triangle and Lance Archer. So. I don't know, we'll see what that leads to right now. Okay, so now we get to the 12 man tag team match. The Inner Circle Chris Jericho, the Champion, the demo guy, the greatest professional wrestler who ever lived. Santana and Ortiz Jake Hager The Spanish God Sammy Guevara And MJF Versus Top Flight Darius Martin And Dante Martin Varsity Blond Griff Garrison And Brian Pillman Jr. And best friends Trent and Chuck Taylor Let me just say this right here though And we knew It was supposed to be a 14-man tag team match Like Warlow was supposed to be in And Brandon Cutler Was supposed to be on the other side you know and again, best wishes to Warlow and his family. Hope everything is going good. Hopefully we see Warlow again pretty soon. And so everything is well. Let me say this though with Brandon Cutler. I know that JR criticized like him, you know, saying. Like, what was he saying, JR? Like we know JR has criticized AEW like a little bit. You know, he's the main commentator for AEW and he criticizes them. You know, saying, like, they do, like, the same spots in the match and flying around the ring. You know what? He's right, though. He's right, though, when Brandon Cutler, you know, took the Twitter. You know, it was announced it was a 14-man tag team match, and he put in there. Let me see what, like, he put, because, I don't know the exact words. I don't want to get it wrong. Let me see if he, like, deleted or kept it. I mean, Brandon Cutler's basically a nobody, to be honest. I'm just saying. Like, no disrespect at all, but he's basically, like, a Nobody. And when you know JR, when JR is you know trying to help you out right there, I mean, come on, you should be listening to JR. Like, I don't think you should be going against him right there. When he's trying to help you right there and trying to give you some constructive criticism, I don't think you should be getting pissed off with him just saying that. Let's see, like, right here, Brandon Carlos said, okay, like, this was on the 11th. It was on the 11th last week last Friday so this Wednesday on AEW Dynamite 7 versus 7 we're gonna go outside cluster up like coils stand there and huddle friends and foes together side by side to catch some leaping idiot going over the top I mean come on like what what is that right there like seriously like JR was completely right how does this guy Brandon Carlos still have a job like seriously how, how, how does this guy still have a freaking job I mean, come on, man, really? You can't even take criticism right there from JR who's one of the best minds in the pro wrestling business. I mean, seriously, come on. And then you're going to be a jackass on Twitter and do that right there? Like, dude, come on. You're straight-up nobody. And listen, I know I never really criticized AEW, but when you have a bum like Brandon Cutler... Saying that. And he looks... His character looks really stupid to be honest with Like whatever he's got on the war paint on his face. And whatever his character is. He's never on Dynamite. And he doesn't deserve to be on Dynamite. Has he ever won a match? I don't think he has. And if he has... Maybe it was like what? One win? Two wins? Who cares? He sucks. (sighs) Whatever though. He doesn't want to listen to JR. So be it. But you know, it was a six on six match right here. And it really was a good match. You know, it wasn't really like a spot fest like a lot of people thought it was going to be. It really wasn't, in my opinion. Like I really liked, you know, Top Flight and Varsity Blondes in this match. Like Best Friends. I mean, I still kinda like best friends, but they really haven't done much ever since, you know, the parking lot brawl with Santana and Ortiz. They really haven't done nothing with them like that much, other than, you know, Like, little shit. They haven't really been, like, in the main kind of picture. Other than when they face FTR at the anniversary show in October. That's really it. And this kind of thing with Miro and Kip. It's just like, eh, whatever. But I was really impressed with Top Flight in this match right here. You know, and... When the match started... When Trent tagged himself out to Brian Pillman Jr. This was a magical moment right here. Brian Pillman Jr. versus Chris Jericho to start the match. And we knew Jericho knew Brian's father very well I think they wrestled at one point you know I think they both worked in WCW together did they work in WCW together I don't know if Jarek was in WCW at the time but I think they did work with each other a couple times but that was really nice they did know each other so Jarek was facing another generation right there that was something that was something we know a lot of people have criticized Jericho this year, you know, saying, like, he's ruined his legacy in 2020, you know, he's overweight now and shit that he's said on social media, you know, but I don't think 2020, you know, destroys his legacy of everything that he's done. But that was really nice to see him and Brian Pillman Jr. in the ring against each other to start the match. And I really like Brian Pillman Jr. I was just watching some clips of his father back in the past. He was something. He really was a loose cannon. He was something. Um, But, yeah, this match over here, you know, it was a good match in my opinion. I got to admit that it was. You know, Sammy Guevara had a great performance in this match. You know, Griff Garrison, you know, who I really didn't think of much. You know, last week he opened up my eyes when him and Pillman faced uh, FTR last week. He really opened up my eyes there. And he put on a good performance this match. Like him and Guevara had a nice connection. In the match, you know... How could you not love Sammy Guevara? Like, this guy is awesome. This guy's gonna be a future world champion. And he's gonna be an incredible babyface. Because we know he's gonna leave the inner circle. Like, something's gonna happen either where the inner circle, like... Attacks him and throws him out. Or he's just gonna leave them and say, I'm done. You know, whatever. But he's gonna be great, Sammy. He's gonna be great. But, like I said, this match was great. I liked it. You know, I liked uh, what Santana did... Believe it was uh to Trent, he was doing the three amigos. We didn't do the last amigo right there, Ortiz had himself in, they both did together, so that was nice. Um, we didn't really see much of MJF in this match, same with Jake Hager as well. They really didn't do much in this match, it was like eh, they really didn't do much at all. Um, I mean, I like Trent though. If I had to choose, you know, between him and Chuck Taylor, obviously. I obviously would choose Trent. You know, just best friends recently. I've been like, eh, with them. Because, you know, we did see Orange Cassidy on commentary. So, and that was pretty cool. You know, him not even saying anything. It looked like he was asleep. But, um. Towards the end of the match, right there, we saw Jericho, you know, hit Griff Garrison in the back with the bat while Aubrey Everett wasn't looking. And then, uh,. Jake Hager tagged himself in. He hit, like, a modified F10 on a garrison. Please never do that again, Hager. That was terrible. Like, seriously. But then MJF got the tag. And then pinned garrison 1-2-3. So that was the end of the match right there. And like I got to say, the MVPs of this match, in my opinion, though, was definitely top flight. Because even before the finish right there, like, uh, I believe it was, um, it was Dante... It was Dante and He did the... F- he did that nice flip and splash right there onto Santana and Ortiz. I was like, damn. I was like, okay. <laughs> that was really cool. And after the match, we know we saw the inner circle attack... Attack Garrison. Everybody else. And then uh, Top Flight made the save. So it was unfinished business right there. Definitely talk about that more later on. So then we go backstage now, see Alex Morvez interviewing Thunder Rosa, one of my girls right there. And she was talking about like a Britt Baker, you know, cost her in the NWA women's title match against Serena Deeb. And like why Thunder Rosa, like, you know, why she had to attack Britt Baker after the match with, you know, Layla Hirsch and Winter is coming. And Thunder Rosa saying why she belongs here. Then she started laughing. Then we saw Reba come in and say, don't make fun of my doctor. And then we saw DMD, Britt Baker, attack Thunder Rosa. And put her in the submission uh, submission hole right there while Reba was <laughs> pouring water all over Thunder Rosa. Hurting the face paint right there. So the face paint started to come off. So that was something. I can't wait to those two have a match. All right, our next match right here, the Acclaimed versus SCU. And this is the very first time I saw the Acclaimed wrestle. I don't watch AEW Dark, so I've never seen them wrestle before. I know what their gimmicks are, you know, or I know what their gimmick is. Um, but it was nice to see them wrestle for the first time, you know, myself. and against one of the best, you know, one of the best teams in the world the SCU and Christopher Daniels and Frank Kazarian. And I got to admit, this was really funny, though. This was really really funny when the acclaimed came out and made their entrance. When they came out and made their entrance right here. When Max Caster, you know, when he was doing his rapping. And <laughs> he was, he was really roasting, you know, Kazarian and uh Daniel, especially saying like, you know, Kazarian <laughs> has hair plugs. I'm like, "Oh, well, he does." But it was really funny that when Frank Kazarian started rapping, that was hilarious right there. Like, Kazarian, like, straight up roasted the acclaim. He called them Green Boys, and I was like, damn. I was like, okay, like, whoa, alright, let's take it easy, Kazarian. He called them the shits and everything, and I was like, whew. That was something by Kazarian right there. That That was pretty funny. Um, but this match overall, you know, apart from the rapping shit and everything, uh, this match overall, like I said, was my first time watching the acclaimed Russell, you know, ever. And I was pretty impressed. I like Caster and I like Bowens. You know, they put on a pretty good match. You know, Bowens, a 5 tool player and Caster, big, strong guy. You know, his father was a tight end for the Jets, they said, a three-time Pro Bowler. What was his name, Rich Caster. So he put on a good performance in this match. They both did, so I was pretty impressed. I was like... Okay, you know, they've won seven matches on AEW Dark, you know, seven and one. But now they're eight and one. Now they're eight and one. They're putting a great performance in this match right here. You know, uh, Daniels got hit by the boom box by Caster, and then Bowens hit his finisher on him. One, two, three. That's it. And then after the match, I saw the acclaim, you know, Max Caster and Bowens, you know, doing a diswrap on the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. He was caster saying that the Young Bucks are like girls on their cycle I'm like damn that's like some old school shit we're hearing right there when some people got offended on social media I'm like oh my god just shut up and enjoy it will ya it was funny it was hilarious you know if they have any balls they'll put the AEW tag sometimes on the line next week we'll talk about that in a little while I like the acclaimed, you know, I like I like them, I like their gimmicks, you know, I feel like wrestling-wise, I liked what I saw, gotta see more, obviously, gotta see more, obviously, but I feel like they're playing a pretty good match, and we did see some tension between Daniels and Kazarian after the match, like, you know, Kazarian pushed Daniels away, and I'm like, maybe, maybe potentially we're gonna see SCU break up right here, and we're gonna see a Kazarian-Daniels match, we'll see, though. Okay, and now we get to like the worst match of the night, in my opinion. It was Big Swole and the NWA Women's World Champion Serena Deeb versus Eveleth and Diamante. This match was pretty hard to watch, in my opinion. I just didn't like it. It was the worst match of the night. And I'm not trying to, you know, you know, talk down about these four great women athletes right here. It's just. Just didn't like the match at all. It was bad. I feel like Big Swole was moving pretty slow in this match. And she did botch a move towards the end right there. We'll get to that in a minute. I feel like she needs a little bit of work done in the ring. Because she's just... She moves slow, you know. She's great on the mic. But wrestling-wise, I'm not a big fan. I mean, she put on a good match with Sheeta two months ago at the anniversary show. But other than that, I just haven't been impressed with her, in my opinion. That's just... That's just how I feel. You know... Like, she botched, like, a power bomb on Diamante... And that could have been... You know, pretty dangerous right there. Like, because Diamante slipped. I'm like, what what, what... what if she would have broke her neck right there? The way that she slipped. I was like, whoa. That was a botch right there. Yeah, this match, like... It was very slow-paced, in my opinion. I mean, I like Diamante and Evil East, You know, Deeb, I'm a little bit of a fan of. Swole... I like her on the mic, but wrestling-wise, she needs a little bit of work. You know, they did say she's working with Dean Malenko, so that's that's pretty good. But that was pretty dangerous right there. Diamante, like, slipped right there. I was like, that could have been very, very dangerous right there. Like, that could have been very costly right there. And then I was like, mm, that, 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 you know, luckily, Diamante's okay. I could be overreacting, but the way that she slipped, I was like, whoa. I thought she was, like, hurt for a second. I was like, oh, no. You know, but... I just couldn't enjoy this match right here, to be honest. It was just, like... It just wasn't good. It just wasn't good, in my opinion. We know Serena Deeb and Big Swole got the win. You know, Big Swole had... Um, Diamante and the Clover Cloverleaf after she almost broke her neck by Diamante slipping. I mean, come on. I don't want to keep getting into that, but come on, you know. Jesus Christ. You gotta be more safer right there. You know, Neva Lee started to get involved, and Serena D put her in a submission hole, and then Diamante tapped out. And I was like, thank God this match is over, because it was just bad. And then we saw Nyla Rose and vicky guerrero come out and i was just like okay and then we saw red velvet come back come out and she came out with a chair and she barely hit the rose with it she barely even, like swung it at her i'm like what the heck was that and then diamante nivalese left the ring and i was just like all right let this end already please i don't know what they're going with this right here but just it's just bad it, it was just bad <clears throat> but for next week now, now it's for next week. Uh, before we we'll talk about that, you know, we saw, like, you know, a video package of Jurassic Express, which was nice. And then we saw FTR come out, and they were pissed off. FTR was pissed. And we saw Dax, you know, cut a pretty good promo right there. He was talking through the headset, you know, saying this is how I feed my family right here. And, you know, and you got a fake-ass Tarzan, a guy who dresses up, you know, a grown man who dresses up in a dinosaur costume. You know, they get to be on TV, and why aren't we? That was a pretty good promo right there. And, you know, Tully said, you know, fear the revelation. <laughs> I mean, Dax does have a point, though. They just beat the Varsity Blondes last week in a very good match, and they're not on TV next week. You know, it's pretty frustrating. I mean, I know where they, I know they're going to face Jurassic Express pretty soon, sooner than later. But announced for next week... Um, So, Akarashita will be in action. We don't know against who, though. We're going to see Pack versus The Butcher. That'll be a good match. We're going to see Dustin Rhodes versus Evil Uno. Because Dustin Rhodes cut a promo before when he was interviewed by Dasha. And he was saying, you know, like how Seven was a bad idea. Because back in WCW, he came out dressed like Uncle Fester. Kind of like, you know, Stone Cold and The Undertaker had a kid. And his new name was Seven. So, they, like, disrespected him right there, WCW. And Evil Uno, you know, opened up some old wounds right there by saying that last week, you could be seven in the dark order. And Dustin Rhodes cut a really good promo talking about Evil Uno and saying how he's going to kick his ass the next week. And Dustin Rhodes had a lot of passion right there when he was speaking about it. And that was really cool. So I'm looking forward to this match right here. I really am. It's definitely going to be better than the match Dustin had with 10 because that match was bad. This match with Evil Uno is going to be good. We also got Jurassic Express versus Cole Cabana and Five Allen Angels and Ten Preston Vance of the Dark Order. We got the AEW World Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, taking on the acclaimed Max Caster and Anthony Bowens for the AEW World Tag Team Titles, and Chris Jericho, Le Champion, Demo God, greatest professional wrestler who ever lived, and MJF taking on Darius and Dante Martin of Top Flight. It next shows you know we know it's gonna be taped and it's gonna be on late after the NBA game between the Celtics and the Bucks so like after ten it'll be on so I'll make sure to record it obviously and watch it the next day on Christmas Eve I think we're gonna see a pretty good show you know it looks like a mid card you know card <laughs> but I think I think they'll definitely deliver next week all right so now we get to our main event right here between. The bad boy Joey Janela and the AEW world champion, the cleaner, the collector, Kenny Omega. So it was the first time we saw Joey Janela on TV for a while because he was supposed to be in the AEW world championship tournament. But um, I believe at a different show, not with AEW, it was a <clears throat> different wrestling show. He came into contact with someone with COVID-19. That's why Sonny Kiss took Joey Janela's place in the match between Kenny Omega back on October 21st in the tournament. So, you could see, like, you know, Joey could get some revenge here against Kenny and be like, you know what, now here's my chance, you know, I got taken out of the tournament, here's my chance now, and if Joey was to win, he gets an AEW World Championship match against Kenny Omega. So, I'm like, alright, so if he wins, then he gets a title shot. I'm fine seeing that. So, I gotta say, though, the best part of this main event right here was a no disqualification match, by the way, so it was pretty cool. Um... I'm really not the biggest fan of Janela, to be honest. I know a lot of people aren't, you know. I'm just not the biggest fan of him, in my opinion. Like, I think he's an—he's more of a hardcore style like wrestler. Like, he would have definitely survived back in, like, ECW, like when Paul Heyman was running ECW in the past. Like, I think Joey Janela belongs in that era. He's not a bad wrestler, in my opinion, but he's just more of a hardcore style. That's just who he is. But it was really funny seeing Don Callis, like he grabbed the microphone. <laughs> and he was saying to Tony Schiavone, like, get up, give me the headset, I'm going to call this match. And Schiavone's like, kiss my ass. And I'm like, oh my God, that was really funny. And then Don Callis is like calling the match on the microphone right there while Kenny's beating up Janella. And then, you know, Kenny grabbed the mic and he was doing some play-by-play. It, it was pretty cool. Like, I love this combo of Don Callis and Kenny Omega. It's really good. Especially seeing Kenny Omega appear on Impact again the night before with uh, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallo. So they're coming soon, AEW the Good Brothers. Just wait on it. It's getting good, man. It's getting good. And this main event, it wa it was a kind of a it was kind of a short main event, to be honest. Didn't go on that long, but it was a decent match. I'll I'll give it that. It was a decent match in my opinion. Seeing Kenny be full heel in this match. And just destroy Janelle, And Janelle got some of his shit in, you know. He put Kenny through a table. Because, you know, Sonny Kiss set up the table right there. When Janela was taking over. And he did a leg drop through the table. So, that was nice. And then we saw, like, Janelle going for, you know, a flip right there. On the top rope. And he missed. And then Kenny hit him with two V-triggers right there. And there were some stiff shots. And then he hit the one-winged angel. One, two, three. Goodbye, Joey. You lose, you ain't getting a title shot, baby. You ain't getting no title shot. So Kenny Omega gets the win over Joey Janela. Like I said, decent main event. Could have lasted a little bit longer, but it's whatever. They put on a decent match. You know, so it was whatever. But then after the match, a couple minutes go by, and then we saw Pac and the Lucha Bros come out. I'm thinking, what's happening here? Like... These guys don't have any, like, heat with each other. So what's what's going on? Other than Pac facing Kenny Omega back in February in the Iron Man match. I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? And, you know, and Kenny facing Penta back in the tournament. But then it dawned on me, right, there once Pac, you know, mentioned Ray Phoenix never being eliminated from the tournament. Because Ray Phoenix beat his brother Penta. But then, you know, Ray Phoenix got hurt. In that match. And he couldn't compete in the rest of the tournament. So they had to put Penta in to face Kenny Omega the next week in the tournament. So Ray Phoenix never lost though. Even though he got pulled out of the tournament. He never lost. So Pac made a point saying like how come he's not the rightful world champion. He is right. Because I was thinking at first like this seems kind of weird. Like why are they coming out right? This doesn't make any sense. But now it does make sense. So I was kind of confused at first, but now it's like, okay, you know what? now it all makes sense. So I'm like, all right. So I'm thinking, okay, what are they going to do right here? And Pac said, in two weeks, it's already been sanctioned by Tony Khan. It's going to be the AEW World Champion, the Collector, the Cleaner, Kenny Omega, versus Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Championship at New Year's Smash Part 1 in two weeks. And we know we saw Kenny like after the... After hearing that, he was going to piss, like, you can't do that, you can't do that, and she'll cut off. I'm like, all right, well, in two weeks, Kenny versus Phoenix for the AEW World title. Man, that's going to be good. That is going to be amazing. That is going to be a great main event right there. That is going to be something to look forward to. That's going to be good, guys. I can't wait to see that match. That might... That could be a match of the year candidate right there even though it's going to be the last show of um It's going to be the last show of 2020 right there. It'll be something. All right guys, I hope you guys enjoy this long episode right here. It was a really good episode. We got more wrestling to talk about, you know, obviously on Saturday when I do my Smackdown review and TLC predictions. All right, well, barring any sports news, I'll talk to you guys on Saturday afternoon. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of your day. I'll talk to you guys soon.